much any operating system, command line tools for file management are usually the first ones you learn. In Linux, for example, usually RM for removing files, LS for listing them, while CP copies files and MV moves them around through your directories. These are some of the most common two-letter commands for manipulating files. But I think there is one command which goes a bit more neglected than its more popular siblings. LN. LN makes links between files, but specifically LN-S, that is LN with the symbolic flag, makes symbolic links, or symlinks, also known as soft links. Symlinks may be used in many useful ways, many of them neglected by modern computer users, mostly newbies who've found Ubuntu to be interesting, but don't really know much about Unix and the history of the command line. Rather, people use the copy command, cp, or they use mv to move files back and forth from directory to directory to accomplish many of the functions that could better be served by using ln. Now before I talk about some of the creative uses for symlinks that I, that I use, um, I think it's useful to go into what they are exactly. You see, ln is one of the GNU core utilities, probably the most important part of a GNU Linux system, probably besides the kernel, though that's a different debate. But again, ln's in the GNU core utilities, much like ls, make directory, cat, or touch. And its roots go back as far as AT&T's original Unix. And AT&T's Unix, from I believe 69 it was, is sort of the adoptive great-grandfather of all modern GNU Linux systems. Anyway, ln with the dash s, meaning symbolic flag, specifically creates symlinks. And again, that's what I'm focusing on here. Now, symlinks are links to other files in your file hierarchy. If, for example, you had a text file A and create a symlink entitled B, when you used cat on B, you would see the contents of A. Likewise, if you opened B in your favorite text editor, let's say Vim, and edit it, and then you looked at the contents of A, you'd see that it had been altered, because B was nothing but a pointer to the file A. There's a problem with symlinks, though. They can point to non-existent objects, and also, they point to objects using relative, using a relative hierarchy. So once you create a symlink to a file, it's usually not a good idea to move either the original file or the symlink. But if you've already arranged your files in a way that pleases you, this shouldn't really be a problem. Now, of course, symlinks, in terms of you know, computer upkeep and such, can create problems. Dead symlinks, much like a dead hyperlink on a web page, a symlink pointing to a non-existent object can cause problems for various things. But that's all a bit beside the point, because I'm not here to give a tutorial on using symlinks. I'm here to promote the use of symlinks. I use symlinks for a lot of different things that I used to use CP and MV for, until I realized that's a very inefficient means of doing things. With CP, I'm reduplicating disk space. If I want to edit a file, I have to edit it twice. That's a reduplication of effort. Very un-Unix-like. And, using MV, once I move the file to the directory I want to edit it in, or in order to organize, you know, projects or such, I have to then move it back to where I had it previously. It's, again, effort that I don't need to expend. Uh, some examples of how I use symlinks. Let's say, in my home directory, 
I have a collection of, you know, a directory where I keep my PDF documents and ebooks, various technical, some fiction, some Creative Commons stuff, and I want to keep those files there. I want to organize them there. Let's say I'm reading um, a Creative Commons book by Cory Doctorow, a PDF document, for example. I I'm not finished, but I must leave. I have to go somewhere. I don't want to have to remember what exactly I was reading or where it was in, you know, the within the myriad of files. It's something like three files deep in the hierarchy under, you know, my directory entitled uh, ebooks. So, I create a symlink in a different directory, a directory only one file deep, well, only one level deep, that is, in my home directory, called unfinished reading. I go to unfinished reading and create a symlink to the PDF document I was reading in order that I can find it more easily when I'm next at my computer. That's one useful example of how to use symlinks to your advantage. Another is to create playlists. It might be a bit unusual, but I like to browse my music and listen to it through the command line in Linux. So, when I happen upon a song that I want to put in a playlist, there's not exactly a lot of easy choices for me. I could open it in Amarok and create a playlist, but am I going to go through that trouble? The reason I'm using the command line is because I want to get it done quickly. So again, I have a directory in my music directory called playlists. and directories within that directory which are the various playlists I create. Within those playlists, all of them having different titles, I create symbolic links to the original songs. Now this is very important because if I were to use the copy command to perform this function and all my, you know, I have dozens of different playlists for different moods that strike me, I would be duplicating, oh, let's, probably hundreds of megabytes on my hard drive. Now, I have a 400 gigabyte hard drive, but still, I don't like you know, wasting space. I don't need the same song twice. I just need a link to the first song um, under my music directory. And so I use symlinks to affect a way of organizing and utilizing playlists, which really is one of the most um, useful um, things about symlinks, in my opinion. Now, symlinks are also very useful for programming. I have a folder called PROG PROG for programming, which is where I keep the different programming products I'm working on. And it's organized by language. C, C++, Java, Python, Common Lisp, I think even some Perl, that sort of thing. Oh, wait, Bash scripts are there as well. I'll get to that later. And all of the original files, all of the original programs I write, the source code and even the compiled, well, even the compiled code in some cases, are within these directories organized by programming language. That's how I prefer it. But let's say I'm working on something for a CS class in school, which will usually be in Java, in all honesty. If I'm Working for some, working on something for school, I'll be organizing it by project or by a homework assignment, obviously. So I will write the original program in the Dutch in my Java directory, but I will create other directories in my prog, I guess prog, um, folder, and use symlinks to the original in the Java folder in order to organize them. And this is useful, especially because of the nature of symlinks. I mean, because they are symlinks. When I open those and again Vim and edit it, I'm also editing the original because it is simply a pointer to the original file. There are no two files. If I use du to see the disk usage of the items in the directories containing nothing but symlinks, I will see zero disk space being used because it is in fact 
not using disk space. It is nothing but a pointer to that original file. Though that's not exactly, you know, the, the sexiest thing about Linux. That's one of the useful little tools that really make you glad uh, you're not using Windows anymore. <laughs> Even though I think Windows might have some strange way of... Vista, at least, has some strange way of using something like Simlinks that requires some bizarre permissions thing going on that no one really understands. Now, another way I use Simlinks is to organize plain text notes. I keep, again, my text editor is Vim. It's all command line based. Um, sometimes I might use GVim, but usually it's just, you know, regular vanilla in the command line Vim. And when I take notes, or write notes to myself, I... I don't use, I mean, I'm a GNOME user, but I don't use Tomboy. I don't use these wiki, these personal wikis. I don't use any sort of advanced note-taking software. I simply create text files. I have a directory in my home folder called text files. Where I have hundreds of text files. Some of them only contain a few URLs of sites I should really, you know, read up on and research on because I, for example, like the way they use their CSS. I want to see you know, their code base and, and learn a few things because, you know, I, I kind of like web design. It's a hobby of mine. But these plain text notes, which number in the hundreds, have to be organized. But some of them fit into many categories. Something that's programming related might also be Linux related. Something that's school related, again, might be either programming or Linux related. Something that's, you know, like phone number that I want to keep in my, you know, text file which I use as a sort of address book really might also be on my in uh, someone I should call a list of phone numbers I should call soon uh, because you know I want to get back in touch with that person again I could use copy I could move from directory to directory depending on what my focus of the project was at the time but again that's the most most inefficient way of doing things simlinks and here's the real advantage of simlinks where again it is just a pointer I cannot stress that enough a pointer to that data when I edit the simlink, I'm in fact simply editing the original file. So I can keep all of these plain text notes in a subdirectory of my text files directory, in my home directory, <laughs> and then have, you know, dozens of other directories. Some, some of the text files appear in all of them, some two or three. And it is this wonderful notion of pointing to data and being able to access and modify it from within a different place in the directory of the location of the original data that makes Simlink something you can leverage. And that's really what free and open source software is about. Leveraging code to um, get things done faster, more efficiently, and um, with less expenditure of energy if you can help it. When it comes to, again, Simlinks, a more mm, mundane, kind of boring, which is why I'm saving it for last, really. Uh, safe, though, worse for last, really. A very boring means of using Simlinks is to keep control of your bash scripts. Now, in my home directory, I have a bin directory, which is in my path, and that's where I put, you know, bash scripts I want to execute. But, of course, I'm working at any one time on dozens of bash scripts that are works in progress. Now, obviously, I cannot store them in my bin directory because they're unfinished. They might do wonky things to my file system or something if I accidentally execute them, and the, the code's not exactly in a state that I find, you know, acceptable for human use. <laughs> so I have, again, under my programming directory a bash scripts directory, which are, those contain all works in progress. And in my bin directory are the simlinks to files in the bash scripts directory, which I consider finished. For example, one shell script I wrote in iAudit, which simply moves, which simply moves files from my hard drive to my mp3 player um, as quality 4 augvorbis files in order to, you know, conserve space. 
And so, using symlinks in my bin directory allows me to work on bash scripts, keep all my bash scripts under one directory in my file system hierarchy, without worrying about accidentally executing something that's not in a finished state. That's a very practical and somewhat ho-hum use for symbolic links. Again, I am not exactly trying to explain what they are, I am rather a cheerleader for the ln-s command. I'm trying to encourage its adoption by the latest generation of GNU Linux users, because some people are ignorant of this wonderful tool, while others know of it, but think it's one of those not precisely ubiquitous, while others think it, well, it's ubiquitous on every GNU Linux system. It's not exactly one of the utilities I should turn to as often as, say, ls, cp, or mv. Whereas, with me, I use ln-s more often than cp, I can quite honestly say it's perhaps my favorite two-letter command. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.